2: Welcome to the Bike Rider Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor here at BikeRadar.com. And MBUK magazine as well, which I nearly forgot the name of. Now, um, joining me via the relative magic of Microsoft Teams, we've got Robin Weaver. He is our technical editor in chief. How's it going, Rob? I'm good, thanks, Tom. Excellent stuff. And in his van, Luke Marshall, one of our technical writers. How's it going, Luke?
1: Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Tom.
2: Excellent stuff. Uh, so we quickly whip around, and see how we've been getting on recently. Luke, why are you in your van? What are you doing?
1: Well, uh, today I'm out testing. Um, got a couple of bikes on review for the mag and online. Um, so just trying to finish off a few bits and pieces there. Uh, but apart from that, the last couple of weeks I've actually just been trying to get over a bout of illness. So uh, but slowly feeling better and uh, and managed to make it outside and uh, picking up hay fever. So Excellent. all fun and games. All fun and games.
0: <laughs> Sounds great.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Rob,
0: yeah. what are you up to, Rob? So uh, just this morning, we finished an issue of MBUK, so it was just a case of uh, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and uh, sending the PDFs to the printers, so that's all done and dusted. So now it's moving on to, I've got a jerseys test coming up, so not Mm -hmm. super exciting, but has to be done. Some shoes as well, lots of shoes in fact, Um, and I'm going to go and ride in Windhill tomorrow. Mm. Windhill Bike Park yes some jumps hopefully hear the uh, the lions of longley roaring away as long as they don't get you know free and come maul me to death it should be fine fingers crossed what about you not
1: to death just a little mauling
0: here, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> a little nibble just a minor mauling
1: yeah i can deal with that <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm all good. Yeah, um, I've just come back from Colorado. Went on the launch of the Pivot Mac 4SL, so all that content will be on is on Bike because it went live this morning. Uh, and tomorrow, uh, I'm also down in longley ish, <coughs> so I'm going to go and shoot some cross-country race bikes that I've been testing for the upcoming issue of MBUK. So I've got three carbon highest-end XC race bikes. Um, nice. So that'll be cool. Going to go and uh, hit some. Beautiful single track. We might actually go up on Salisbury Plain. Actually, thinking about it, instead of doing our usual woodsy photo shoot, we might go and get some open air, some blue skies, uh, and make it look like it's summer. To,
1: so to get mauled by soldiers instead. <laughs>
2: Maybe shot by some soldiers. Exactly <laughs> yeah. that. Oh dear. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so it looks like it's you taking on everything from tomorrow onwards, Luke. Good luck. There you. we are.
1: Yeah, me and <laughs> my sickness be would be great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay so um, in this uh, episode of the bike radar podcast we are looking at our riding regrets near misses and those situations that didn't quite work out now between us we've been riding mountain bikes for it must be 60 70 years easily um so in that time we've we've, we've all got plenty of regrets biking related and otherwise so we'll uh we look at the ones most related to our mountain bike escapades escapades um i think that's i think that's a fair summation or summarization of what we're doing is that right rob i'd say so yeah there's there's a few there's a few gems in there for sure there are we just uh, went we just did a quick whip around and you know myself and rob we've got some we've got some good ones and then luke dropped all of his bombs and uh, and that is a life full of regret
1: (laughs) a few treats in there for you guys don't worry (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think it's only fair that we start with uh, with Luke. Now there might be some fashion faux pas is that is that right in your in your hazy youth.
1: Well we, yeah we might as well go and start back at the uh, early riding career <laughs> as a young downhill racer in my juvenile youth days and uh, this was back in the late 90s I guess. And um, and I was a cool kid back then you know I got some right. great photos of me in a, a full on Dainese bodysuit mm-hmm. yeah, with a a tight lycra top stretched over it with the sleeves cut off as well so Brilliant. you know it was a summer day warm race um full face helmet no goggles on it's kind of swallowed half of my face and is hanging down over my chin um yeah some horrendous neoprene super large like scott gloves like my mm-hmm. styling as a uh my entry to downhill world was was pretty incredible i I look back at that photo. and There's lots of shame there. To be honest, I'm quite disappointed with myself. I'm not quite sure how I was I allowed do, to go up the hill. and I do and remember ride. those
0: gloves. They were massive.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah genuinely
0: yeah. like massive.
1: They're like adult-sized gloves on a 13-year-old kid. Were. <laughs> I don't know how you let me go up the hill like that, Robin. I don't know why you let me out. I don't know if you were much cooler, but why did you let me go? No, I wasn't like cooler,
0: that? but but I'm sure I'm sure um, we'd probably just watch Chainsmoke. Where yeah,
1: Brian Lopes,
0: good. John Tomac, all of those guys, similarly were rocking no sleeves, Dainese body armor, all of that stuff. A mirrored lens in their goggles. They just happened to look a lot cooler than we
1: did. <laughs> 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 Can <it laughs> it be imagine we if down, we actually had you know, glasses? Sliding and around
0: shame. on a, <laughs> sliding down like thirty seconds of downhill, on a well barely downhill, a gentle slope
1: yeah so they're like i uh, do have this picture i bring it in for tom he's been actually since i brought this up a few minutes ago he's been interested to see it so i'll see if i can dig oh. it out and uh and we can share that for you tom
2: i'm dying to see it if we if we manage to social this post uh this this podcast maybe we'll uh, use it as a picture for our uh <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you should totally do that yeah. oh god yeah i don't have much credibility in cycling but it will it's all gone now if you see that <laughs>
2: You must have had some uh, pretty
0: interesting outfits in your time, Rob. Or were you yes. the cool? Were you the actually cool one? No, I really wasn't. No, genuinely. Um, yeah, there were there was a few of us that were terribly awkward and looked terrible <laughs> while we rode bikes. But you're trying to, you know, you're doing your best to try and keep up with the fashion at the time in in the cycling world, and a lot of that meant you know saving your pocket money mm. and so by the time you'd saved up to buy whatever it was generally it already sort of gone out of fashion
2: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah your heart's out on it and a prime example would have been my hard knocks knee uh no shin pads sorry i had to wait i don't know like six months to buy the knee pads that, that went with it so i had shin pads for god knows how long which was fine because the flat pedals in that era were not grippy in the slightest and they would do so much damage to your legs when they span around and whacked you in the shins which they did all the time but the hard knocks knee pads and shin pads dear lord they they must have been the stinkiest bits of kit even if you just got them near your skin you were sweating you didn't even need to fully wear them they always smelt of sweat no matter how many times you wash them and if like we used to go away and we'd have to Camp for a weekend to go racing. My God! In the heat, the the smell was just disgusting. People still lingers at the back the...
1: of my throat. Weaves. It's horrible. I can oh. still taste it.
0: Well, you think of those really early days when we'd be in the back of like I don't know some panel van driving up a hillside in Wales <laughs> for one of the the Welsh Dragon National Downhills. The the smell the fumes getting pumped into the van with the door basically (laughs) shut everyone's nearly unconscious i mean i'm not surprised it's you'd you'd imagine people would die you wouldn't be allowed to do that sort of stuff anymore Mm -hmm. i mean the fumes from the body armor were bad enough let alone the the fumes from the exhaust in the truck and then oh my gosh yeah absolutely disgusting and um in fact, I was just thinking while Luke was telling his sort of his story from the early days, even before that, when I started racing cross-country, I mean, I guess it's kind of on trend now. I used to wear a bum bag. It was like a proper hmm. 80s-looking bum bag. And being the anxious person that I am and always have been, I used to carry so many tools in there, like so many. But this is going back when um, my first bike had... Um, no, no quick releases it had nuts to hold the wheels in place. Mm-hmm. So I basically carried a socket set. I <laughs> rode around with like a full socket set in a bum bag. Robin wasn't a big my...
1: child either.
0: I was t- well. I'm still tying now. It, <laughs> yeah. it used to it used to batter my back black and blue, and I just remember being at the races, being so worried that something was going to go wrong and I couldn't finish. Um, that I would I would load my bike up with I don't know as many bottles as it would carry and then like this thing and we'd only be racing for like half an hour mm. and and the thing is i haven't changed i did that dirty reaver the other week and i carried so much kit everyone still like, got that socket got set there? going with them <laughs> absolutely still got a socket <laughs> <laughs> but the bum bag would be so cool now people would love that especially on a gravel so much, bike bright panelled colors oh man that it was a cool bum
2: bag I think but we yeah. can safely say that um, Luke's outfit
0: wouldn't be cool now, and it wasn't cool then, perhaps. No. No. Maybe, maybe Brian Lokes would have uh, thought it was cool. Possibly. Nice. No. <laughs> what about <laughs> you, um, Tom? That's I probably do regret for you.
2: I probably do have some fashion faux pas, but um, I think if I look back at my, my early formative years of, of mountain biking, the one thing I really regret not doing is proper like mucking around on bikes like kids were meant to do. I was a very mm. serious kid, I was quite bookish, and uh, I sort of to, to paint a picture, I grew up in a house without a television, um, so I'd, listen, I'd read my books and listen to music, so I wasn't a very fun child, I don't think. <laughs> And so, hence, I got into the world of cross-country <laughs> instead of, <laughs> like, riding downhill bikes or, like, anything like that. Um, so, like, my, my my youth was spent trying to get round Dolby Red Route as fast as I could um, on my Marin Pine Mountain hardtail. Um which, you know, I had loads of fun. I, you know, I had, a, I had a good time, but it did mean that I never developed... Um, those skills of, of wheelies or like endos um, or trying to drop off things because I was basically very timid and very terrified. Um, and while you know I still can't pop a wheelie, um, I'm probably I'm probably not the, the go-to person to learn how to to do a big double or drop off a massive drop because I'm still pretty scared of it now, uh, even with 150 or 160 mil of uh, bounce at either end. Um, but it's definitely a regret of mine that I, I didn't dick about when I was a kid.
1: Don't worry, Tom. There's still a lot of tricks today that I think are just impossible. And if it wasn't for the fact that I'd seen people do them, I'd quite happily tell the world it's not possible to do that. (laughs) So like a manual.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, does that include a manual?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just a manual, really. (laughs) 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 So not like Nikolai
0: Ragatkin's cash roll. That no, he just it, did at the the Krangwest Kent. No 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 no. Not that
1: We're <laughs> talking about lad that, re-
0: re- that just manual down the roads.
1: So <laughs> annoying, like I never learned to manual as a kid and as an adult I find it impossible to manual and I quite happily tell people, it's impossible. The annoying thing is, is I've seen people do it. Mm. So like <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't interfere with my riding on the trail, like I can pull up off a drop and manual a puddle and you know get over an obstacle but i can't sit on my back wheel and cruise down the road from Leje to Morsi looking like a cool kid like i just <laughs> that's impossible so have you ever had I like I an that.
2: accidental have you ever had an accidental manual where by mistake you just pulled off the most sick manual um, and then landed it and then everyone's thinking you're like an absolute hero but inside you're like puckering up and absolutely terrified
1: I, um... no no the front wheel just doesn't <laughs> come up <laughs> <laughs> I once,
2: on if, if, if any of our listeners know um, <clears throat> the Forest of Dean Red Loop, I can't remember what it's called, Free Miners, like, you do the first sort of, like, climb, and then you go over a set of tabletops, and I, I went over a tabletop, and I, I think I pulled up too much, and I landed on my back wheel, and I basically manualed to the next tabletop. And then sort of like front wheel just slapped the the takeoff of of the next one. And I I must have looked insane. I must have looked like Cade Edwards or like someone really good at riding bikes. (laughs) Like in actual fact. I think I nearly left a brown mark in my pants I was so terrified. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe in another life I, I, I could have done that if I hadn't been such a. Maybe if I'd had a, a TV, I'm going to tell my parents, if I'd had a TV, I could have manualed by that by now. But um, sadly. You should not. have
1: come to uh, join me and Robin when we were kids and we would take the brakes off a of BMX and strap some Aero time trial bars to the front and then race down the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did do that. Yeah. That happened. Yeah.
2: I'm surprised this isn't one of your regrets, but I guess it came off and you didn't die. So. No, was, that was good. Though.
1: They were no, good there times. There was no though. regrets about that. That was, one of,
0: <laughs> that was one of the best summers ever, Tom.
1: <laughs> we also, we also,
0: didn't we also get that kid's bike and welded foot pegs on it? And didn't possibly, we just, Possibly. We took the brakes off that as well. <clears> and we just yeah. went down. But, yeah, we would crash. We used into to race each was, other. Yeah. And there was a big bush at the bottom of the estate we lived on. Um, I mean, it's relatively prickly, but. It would it would cushion an impact, and yeah, it was like how far up could you go without putting your feet down and just whacking it. But yeah, no, no regrets about that. <laughs> that was that was a solid learning experience. I'm surprised our parents didn't maybe worry about us a bit more. I'm I'm pretty sure I would have, I would have not have been hanging out with you guys, <laughs> <laughs> the stupid but ones. We were
1: still in we were still in lycra. Don't worry, our we sleeves still... <laughs> cut off.
2: Uh, yeah Uh, right Rob what's 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 your regret uh
0: okay so it's a bit more boring I suppose but um when Luke and I were racing we literally did no training at all I Mm -hmm. think everything was uh almost based off what one another was doing if I thought Luke had ridden once that month and I'd ridden twice I felt like oh I've done absolutely tons so great off to the next races what could go wrong and the reality was the people we were racing against, a lot of them, were putting in quite a lot of effort and training quite hard. But it was back in the times when it was just almost looked down upon. It wasn't mm-hmm. cool. You didn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't rock and roll. It wasn't going out and drinking loads of beers and then getting up late the next day and, and just making your race run. It was like behind closed doors. They were going off, hitting the gym, mm. going out doing their intervals and stuff like that. And we were just clueless, absolutely none the wiser. Luke was lucky that he was gifted a lot more natural talent than me. And if I could, you know, change things now, I realise that I'm a hard worker and I need to work hard in order to achieve anything. So, yeah, if I could go back, I would have grafted way more than I did and not purely rely on just uh, following Luke and
1: doing what he did. (laughs) have never been a good option in life. Do Certainly don't girls. follow his
2: fashion choices, right? <laughs> the
1: fashion
2: choices, huh? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings
0: are waiting to your happy place for a happy price Go to your happy price, Priceline
2: Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one
1: Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I don't remember us ever doing a push-up, let alone having a gym membership or a road bike. No, Certainly we not didn't turbo do that. trainers. Didn't have one of those either, no.
2: No.
0: I had no. one, but someone broke it. So, yeah. Did you ever take rollers to the top of the hill to warm up? Well, we, we, had, we had my broken turbo trainer at the World <laughs> Cups, which mm-hmm. would go up. But, I mean, it was like... It's the blind leading the blind. <laughs> it was just up the top. You'd be up there, and because... The fastest guys would go first, so the ones ranked really highly, they would all go off first. So we'd kind of be up there hanging around watching some of those guys do their warm-ups. And you've got people like Fabin Burrell who's doing like, I don't know, it's almost like parkour meets um, yoga meets, um, I don't know, some kind of reaction test, jumping around, flipping, juggling balls, all this <laughs> stuff, a 1000000000 impressive. And we're just kind of sat there spinning on a turbo trainer right is that enough yeah maybe who knows <laughs> right up to the start hut here we go
1: <laughs> off we Hold set on. and
0: then bobble along out the tapes <laughs> <laughs>
1: sometimes you just had to sit and pedal backwards that was that was a warm-up <laughs> just sit at the top and pedal backwards that was uh a...
0: yeah yeah so do you ever do you remember the old not the shimano dx not the ones that had the red cage with the black end plates the ones when they replaced it with like the the black plastic cage do you remember like that the
1: composite cage yeah
0: yeah so i remember being at a national round back peddling for ages and then my pedal just fell off like the the body fell off the spindle, so I was just left with the axle. <laughs> and had to be I was in the grass looking for like the eight mil nut, trying to like I mean how is that a good start to your race? Yeah, that's why right, you? Least you had your if I'd set, had yeah. my socket set, I'd been fine <laughs> Unless I crashed on it, then I'd have probably been dead. But still. <laughs> Luke,
2: you've done quite a lot of racing. You must have some racing regrets from uh, back in the day.
1: Yeah, many, Tom. Many racist regrets. <laughs> <laughs> About 15 years of it. Um, <laughs> no, I guess probably there's a, there's a couple that stand out. One, just just Vigo. I regret going to Vigo. So for two years in a row, um, we went out to the World Cup in Vigo. And, um, and the sad to say, the first year, I just missed my start time. So as Robin was saying earlier... Can I can I jump in here?
0: Can I jump in here? Because it was a really nice trip, it's a beautiful place, it's lovely. But my memory of that. Well I tell my story and then you can elaborate
1: and see if I've got it mixed up. But I think it's not necessarily my fault. So (laughs) as Robin said, we never did much training (laughs) for racing. So after about three runs I'd have to have a sleep. And so after morning practice I went back to the van and had a nap. And then I remember getting up, and like Robin said, for qualifying, the um, fast guys would come down first. So I remember going, oh, there must be I to go start checking out some results and see how a few riders I know did. Wander over to the finish line and uh, see what's going on. And then I bump into Robin, and I'm sure he's like, Luke, you've got to go up for your run. When are you racing? I'm like, oh, no, I've got ages. And then looked at the time, and I didn't have ages. So I rushed back, got changed, grabbed my bike, went to the uplift, and this was we got an uplift in the back of trucks and trailers, basically. And this would have been 2006 when G-Cross Honda had a, kind of a bigger team and they had the junior riders as well. Um, I cut Cyril, Cyril, I can't remember his name. Kurtz, yeah. And, uh, Kurtz. and so the junior riders were mixed cool in Kurtz. with the yep. senior riders World Cup, so they were kind of a bit towards the back as well. I know. Anyway, put my bike in the trailer, got on the uplift, and those guys, the mechanics for the Honda team, probably took about 10 minutes to load that bike on to make sure nothing was touching it. There was no yeah. possible way anything could go wrong with it. And, uh, and, yeah, and I got to the top about 90 seconds late and uh, missed my start time. Uh, Mr. Combs at the top didn't give two hoots who I was and was not going to let me race or sneak in at the back or anything. That was it, so. Bloody ego. And then, like, what makes that trip worse... Is we were playing football on the beach afterwards, and Robin broke my big toe. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, yeah. We played football on the beach. Robin I broke. I totally forgot that. Stood on it. How Definitely did I do stood that? on it. No, we went in for a tackle, and whatever happened, oh. I came out with a broken big toe. And uh, but it was all right. Yeah, it was all right because they let me go and <laughs> goal afterwards, so the numbers were still fair. and the
0: uh, I, I carry <laughs> I just remember for, for I was going to say I just remember for that race so our mechanic was Dave Garland who sadly passed away a few years ago and I've never seen him so stressed like we raced we had you know we, we'd known Dave for a while and he's he's a pretty laid back guy but he was so stressed literally trying to tear those cuz those those Honda bikes at the time the mechanics would wrap them in a blanket, put them on the van, stand with them. Like they wouldn't let anyone touch them. Dave's literally trying to like yank them out of the way, pull them off to try and get <laughs> Luke's bike out. They were so angry and <laughs> Dave was furious. Yeah, it, Yeah, It's <laughs> to look back to on.
1: Not ideal at the time. Uh, Not one of my best moments. <laughs> and then the second trip to Vigo, which is why, you know, it's a lovely place. we we'll go there for sure. But I don't, I'm not going to go back. Like morning practice, first morning practice the world Cup again, and uh and there's a rock garden in the middle of the trail and uh some people might have seen a video it, it might be on the earth series of Sam Hill doing this cool like gap through the rock section um real like gnarly landing. I wasn't doing that, but in that rock garden, I fell off and broke my wrist, and that was it first morning of practice for the first world Cup of the year, and it's like, oh, bloody Vigo so. I regret Vigo. I regret growing twice. No, no, I'm not going back to Vigo. again. Can't make me go back. (laughs) Never
2: again. Never again.
0: (laughs) What about you, Tom? You must have some more regrets.
2: Uh, Well, speaking of racing, uh, I've got some other regrets, but this one's just popped into my head racing-wise. I don't do many races, and I certainly don't have a, a previous life as a a, a World Cup racer, so sadly mine aren't quite as uh, exciting as yours but a top tip, if you're ever going to go and do an enduro and you've spent a lot of money to get there and it's somewhere pretty wild that you're never going to go again and you, you don't want to put in terrible times try and learn your tracks a little bit more, because I, I went to a, an enduro where some of the tracks were like 5 minutes but some of them, for punters like myself were up to 20 minutes and I'd managed to pre-re- pre-ride quite a few of the stages so I kind of in theory should have known what was coming on each of these um but I basically dropped into each of the stages with a completely back with a mirrored image of, of what the stage was gonna be. So I'd drop into a, a five minute stage thinking well, it's, it's it's a good like fifteen, twenty minutes of stage. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go pretty chill and you know, I haven't done much Enduro racing. I don't wanna, you know, <laughs> blow my blow my nuts or, any, or blow my nuts. I don't wanna blow my Whoa. nuts at all. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I don't wanna bust a gut.
0: <laughs> what kind of race was this?
2: <laughs> it was very expensive. Um <laughs> But I thought you know, like, let's not go too too hard too early and 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 blow up midway down. So like really chill, like nice and flow getting into it a little bit more and then and then suddenly you, you're crossing the line because the, the track that you thought was 20 minutes was actually a five minute track and then, oh bugger, I got that wrong and then and then head into another track and go, oh yeah, no, this, well, this one's like five minutes so I'm going to go really hard and like, I know there's some peddly bits so I'm going to try real hard and then going and you like, where's, where's the finish line? Where's the finish line? And about 20 minutes later you crawl across the line because <laughs> instead of being a short track it was a really long one um, so yeah, definitely some regrets of uh, I could have possibly placed... <laughs> one position higher if I hadn't because uh, <laughs> like I was decidedly mid-pack I was actually quite pleased with my mid-pack it was an EWS qualifier and I came 13th out of 26 so nice. very much mid-pack but maybe I could have been 12th but who knows um I guess sort of in, in terms of sort of actual regrets buying and selling has never been a particular strong point of mine. um obviously we're, we're very fortunate uh, in this position that I don't really have to buy or sell too many bikes anymore but um Pre-working here, I I certainly went through quite a few bikes in my formative years and uh, there were two that stood out. First off, after my gap year, I worked in in a factory and I saved up lots of money Um, and I got um, a company called Solitude Cycles to custom build me uh, a mountain bike so a steel frame is Reynolds 853 custom geometry I had it with sliding dropouts so I could run it single speed or as I did with a roll half hub um which is perhaps another regret of mine which we won't go into um but it was it was a beautiful frame it really was it cost me like 800 quid back in 2004 so quite a substantial amount of money for an 18 year old but I'd worked in a sweet factory for the best part of a year, um, not really living life. so just as I bought it basically the world of mountain bike standards changed completely and so within a year and a half my lovely frame was completely out of date it had a straight steerer tube so I couldn't put tapered forks in there it had a 27.2 seat post so I couldn't put like a drop post in there it was quick release it was 26 inch so it wasn't 29 and uh yeah I found myself you know when things started wearing out my wheels were a bit knackered all my forks needed to replace it and I basically couldn't get anything decent because was all completely out of date. And at that point, I then went on on to I probably bought it off single track. Our friend is at single track. They had a, a very busy classified. And I managed to track down uh, an on-one inbred, single speed twenty nine. It was my first twenty nine. It's my first single speed. It was rigid as well. And I was kind of into all that niche stuff anyway. But what was really cool was that so Joe Burt, who Draws Mint Sauce, which has been in MBUK magazine for 30 years. It's a little sheep cartoon thing. It's been in the mag every issue for however many years it is now. This bike used to be owned by him and the whole frame and fork was covered in his hand doodles of mint sauce all over it. It was so cool. I paid 250 quid for the whole bike and I sold it for 250 quid. And I cannot believe I sold it because that if I still had that right now, I mean, I'm not sure if it it's worth very much, but it was very cool. That's um, one to say so, on the wall, that, not it? Ah, uh, I
0: really,
2: really it. It's worse than my enough. fashion. It was faux pas proper, top. proper cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've chopped middle there. That's fine. You yeah. Nothing mean... we say now is going to beat that.
2: <laughs> that was almost an investment. It might have been like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost buying like the original stump jumper or one of the first pace bikes and then like selling it for a for a penny. And I've done that with Joe burt's mint sauce inscribes one off on one inbred.
0: At least it. you didn't get it repainted.
2: That's true. That is true.
0: That would have been a travesty.
2: Yeah yeah. Have you made any buying mistakes, Hard
0: knocks knee pads. Bought and sold anything you shouldn't have
1: done?
0: Uh, Hard knocks knee, yeah. knee pads, there we go. <laughs> no, but I mean this is the thing. No, Luke, this is where Luke needs to chime in with his, his gems. Yeah, so be very he's, careful he's when you buy things off on, like on, uh,
1: ex-pro riders or pro riders and you buy their old stuff. So I had a, my first downhill bike was a Giant ATX2 and it was a hell of a machine, but it came with some Elastomer RST Hi-5 forks. And one of the things I got to do was upgrade the forks at some point. And, uh, and I bought them off uh, a friend I used to race against and, uh, and he had had them handed down or got them off um, a former MBUK specialised team rider, Jamie Tompkins. And uh, so you think, okay, this is like going to be a fancy fork, great. Uh, triple clamp manito. And it was just terrible. Like, the spring was snapped inside. I don't know if they had done that on purpose, just to reduce the travel. It had like an inch less travel than it should have. It was just sticky and gross. And the worst thing was, this is like... Um, well, yeah, 20mm downhill standard axles, but it needed, as Manito like to do things differently, an 18mm Allen key to undo the axle. So you try and imagine how many 5mm Allen keys you need to wedge what? in there on a three just to pan <laughs> it out to try and undo. We had to go around and um, we had to go down the hardware store and specially order 18mm Allen key so I could take the front wheel or put the front wheel in. Yeah, terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah that, that fork was that uh, it did not make that bike better even though it looked cool but um it did look cool and another bike i bought that this it isn't a regret cool. at all like i managed to get brendan faircloth's 2008 iron horse sunday um it was the black frame with the green head tube and and a real cool paint job um amazing bike but again Questionable, you know, mechanic skills taken part on that bike. And, and you think, like, at the World Cups, the racers have pristine bikes, all their kit is going to be absolutely immaculate. And it probably is at the races, but when you give the bike to the rider afterwards and they're just like hammering it day after day or whatever, it was uh, I, those forks, I ran them stiff. I was definitely on the supercross scale of uh, a suspension, but it's not because I just wanted a stiff step, it's just they just didn't really work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but wasn't it because they'd like they would move certain seals and bits and pieces like that and were running like lubricant that just wasn't going to last very long because they they're just that the service intervals yeah. for them are like every three or four runs <laughs> yeah. versus yeah. six months did you jump on you jumped
1: on a downhill bike that i was testing and you I were like, riding. whoa what's going with this? And I was like, no, your forks don't I remember riding an M1 with <laughs> a pair of Manitoba riders on it and they were literally the best fork I've ever used. Still to this day, I think it's probably the best fork. But um So be careful buying <laughs> yeah. kit from professional riders. I mean, this was like 15, 20 years ago so, you know, every, I'm sure. things have moved on, times have moved on. But I
2: don't know, you still see pros selling their bikes quite often on uh, on Instagram or on places and I I sort of always think, I, th- I think that's I think that's one to dodge. It's a bit of a red flag, isn't it, when you sort of watch their Instagram videos and them doing a massive whip and landing in a nose wheelie or whatever it might be, and then they're like, "Oh, buy my bike!" I'm like, ah, I'm not sure. I might I might just go and buy it off like some someone else who maybe isn't doing all that stuff. Yeah, so it's like they've made the frames for Sam Hill
1: and Brendan had just had the same geometry that Sam Hill had had. So it was in theory, uh, Sam Hill one-off frame, Even though there was two of them, two or three of them, so, but yeah, super cool bike, loved it, I should, like, it was, yeah, I shouldn't have, I sold that as well, and it was cool, it would have been good to hang on to it now, looking back, but uh, at the time, I had to go, so, never mind, never mind, indeed, indeed.
2: (laughs) It's the way of the world. All right, guys, well, um, I think it's fair to say that we've, we've got plenty of regrets, we've probably got quite a few more, but, uh, this podcast is going to draw to a close, because, we're busy boys, and we've got plenty more to be getting on with. So um, thanks ever so much for, for sharing those, guys. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, you can email us your uh, mountain biking regrets uh, to podcast at com, or any of the questions for our tech Q&As or suggestions for the podcast itself. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Um, so thanks, Rob. And Cheers, Tom. thanks, Luke. and uh, thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you all again in the next episode.